So my name is Rick, and I'm one of the ministers here at First City, and I'm so glad that you're here. We have just kicked off our small groups, and today actually is the very first day of our small groups, and so last week we were signing up. If, you've, if this is your first week here, or uh, maybe you were here last week, but you didn't sign up for a small group, I want to invite you to do that. We have a slat wall downstairs right across from our welcome desk, and you can read all of the different small groups. You can join Aaron's on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock right here. There are a lot of small groups, actually, who are meeting on Wednesday night right here around the building, which is pretty cool vibe because you get to see a bunch of people and meet a bunch of people, and the teenagers are upstairs, and it's, a, it's awesome. And so uh, it's a good time to get involved. And since this is the very first week, I really want to encourage all of you to get involved. And today's message, I want to talk about how this year we're going to do something different with Serve Day. We are going to incorporate Serve Day into our small groups. And instead of doing one big day where we as a church organize, like we have in the years past, where we organize a day, we're going to let the small groups determine what God is doing in them, what they would like to go do. We're going to resource them and bless them to go out and serve as God has called them. So I'll explain a little bit as we get into the message. Here is my opening question. This is the, the question that just moved me as I started thinking about this message. Have you ever been so compelled by human need that you couldn't walk away doing nothing? Now, that's a great question. It's, I don't even think it's correct English. But it's a really, really good question. Have you ever been so compelled by something that you saw that, that you couldn't just walk away doing nothing? I have to do something. I can't not do anything. I can't just walk away doing nothing. Anybody been like that? And, and if, you, if, if you're like, well, Rick, what, explain a little bit more. I would encourage you to, on the outline that's in the pew rack in front of you, write down the name Nehemiah and open up in the Old Testament Nehemiah's story where he was in a foreign land and he heard about his homeland and the temple was destroyed and the walls were torn down and people were being killed and, and they were suffering and hurting. And he got a letter one day describing what happened and what was going on. And it tore him up. He just started crying. And he was the cupbearer to the king. And he was trying to function in his job. And he was trying to stand in front of the king without the king ever noticing. But the king noticed, what's behind your tears? And he's like, king, I'm, I'm overwhelmed because I heard back home and this is what's going on. And the king said, what would you like from me? And he said, would you, would you resource me? Would you help me? I got to go home. I have to do something. And so I think that that's the big idea behind what we're talking about. Is, and, and, when, and when First City, several years ago, and Andy Cruz really helped us in a major way to do this, and it's like we, we sat around as a staff and we said, you know what, we're, we're spending a lot of energy talking about what we can do as a church and putting emphasis into our worship services, our children's ministry, all of our different ministries, which is a great thing. But we were not really uh, active, proactive as much as we wanted to be out in the community. We have a really good reputation, I believe, in the community. God, thank you, Lord, you know, just for being servants and wanting to serve and help but so we started doing this serve day and Andy planned everything and we brought all the church together and we planned 10, 12 different activities 
and hundreds of people showed up and we all wore these serve day red shirts and we all went into the community and served and came back and celebrated and God did major things. It started to develop inside of us a heart for service. While we're doing that, our, our, we kept meeting as a staff, we kept talking about it and, and we're noticing, man, God is putting on our hearts that we can't just do one serve day. We have to, a, a one-off. Here's something, and we want to bless you for two hours, and then we leave. We thought, there's some ministers, there's some pain in this city, and it's going to require us to get involved, to go be there, to sit in it, to, to really do something to, to help in that pocket of pain, which is how we got involved in our lift ministry, our foster care ministry. And we already had some people, staff people, including who were involved in foster care. We started running after it and meeting with people. Next thing you know, God has opened up a lot of big doors. And our lift ministry, which Aaron talked about in one of the announcements about just giving people a meal or going and babysitting for somebody or cutting their grass or wrapping around these young people. These, some of them are children who need to know that somebody loves them unconditionally and is going to partner with them for success in their life. And, and we knew we can't do that just one day a week. Either we're going to do that or not do that. And we were so compelled, it just moved us into it. All started with, you know, the way back when we started Serve Day. So now, what we're wanting to do is we're wanting, instead of us planning a Serve Day, us planning some events... We're wanting to know what is God putting on your heart? And what would you like to go do? Would you like, as you just look around our city, and when you see something painful in your community or somebody at your office where you work or, or one of your neighbors or friends, when you see something, are you compelled to get involved? And I, I mentioned at Joe Miller's funeral, his son stood up and talked about how my dad cannot even ride down the road and see somebody in need and not stop and do something. He'll just stop his truck right in the middle of the road and put it in park and stop traffic just to go share with that person about Jesus and help them. That man left a legacy for his children. Amen? Is God so, has he put something so compelling in you that you can't just walk away. So I want to share with you when that first started for me. You know, when did it first start for you? So just think about that. When was the first time you saw something so compelling that it moved you to action? And for me, it was uh, 1989. I mean, I'd, I'd been doing some service projects and stuff because I was a youth minister even before that. And... and uh, and, and I'd been doing some service stuff, but there was this song that came out on the radio. Now, when I mention Phil Collins, <laughs> I, I, this church is going to be divided. For those of you who know who Phil Collins is, everybody, every, let me, everybody on my staff, I said, have you ever heard of Phil Collins? And they all went, oh, yeah. So all the young people, how do you know Phil Collins? Tarzan. He did all the songs in the Disney animated movie, Tarzan. And I said, he did? Because <laughs> I don't have kids. I don't, you know, I'm not like that. Now, I, I like Tarzan, but the Tarzan I watched when I, was not the animated Disney Tarzan. 
right? And so I, I'm like, I didn't know that. No, no, no. Phil Collins was a drummer in the band Genesis until, oh, yeah, you're welcome, those of you who are older. And I remember when they, you know, when, they're, when they needed a new lead singer, and they would bring in all these auditions, and all these guys would audition, and Phil, the drummer, would get off the kit, and he'd go up, and he'd sing the song and say, that's how you do it. And he would go back until eventually they got so tired, they said, Phil, you sing our songs better than anybody. Why don't you just be our lead singer? And that's how he became a singer. And on the album that they produced around my birthday in October in 1989, this song was on it. I can remember listening to this song, and I can remember hearing the backstory when he was sharing... I came to Washington, D.C., and I was going to go to the White House. I was going to be visiting the White House. And then he said this, I was so compelled because I was going to one of the most important places in all the world. And just across the street, I couldn't believe how many people were sleeping in cardboard boxes. So he wrote this song. I'm just giving fair warning to... It's cheesy. What I'm about to do is cheesy, 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 cheesy. The video is old. It's not in HD. It's, but I'm just going to do it for you as it compelled me. Because when I was this youth minister, I heard this song. And I didn't even see the video when I first did it. I just heard the song. And I wanted to do a Bible study on it because it was just moving in me for the teenagers and so I chose this verse of Scripture, and I ended up combining the two together. And this was my Wednesday night Bible study in 1989 as I'm starting to talk to the teenagers about we can't just live life in isolation. We can't walk away from people in need. The message that God is giving us out of this passage of Scripture, Matthew 25, and it's on your outlines if you want to read it. It's one of the most vivid teachings Jesus ever gave with one of the most clear messages he ever gave, which says this, we are going to be judged by how we respond to human need. So here it is. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me.
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison to come to you? And the king will answer and say, Truly to the extent that you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. Thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. Naked, you didn't clothe me in prison, and you wouldn't visit me. hungry or thirsty or a stranger or sick or in prison and didn't take care of you. And he will say to them, I tell you to the extent that you did not do it to the least of these of mine, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment. righteous into eternal life. It's just another day for you and me in paradise. But there are people who live in a very different world, right? And when we know people are hurting... All God really wants to know is are you as moved to help them as I am moved to help you? Earlier that year in 1989, there was a guy, we called him Big Don Williams. He was a youth minister and he was a big man and, and he made several trips over to Haiti. This was at a time when Haiti really had a water crisis and and a bunch of teenagers all over America band together to uh, build a bunch of wells and help Haiti have fresh, clean water that they could drink and, and prepare food, meals, and 
And he got up and he was telling the story and I was in, there was like a couple thousand teenagers in Houston, Texas. And, and he told this story. He said, I went to Haiti, one of my first trips there. You know, uh, we had a bunch of teenagers and there were several of us youth ministers who were meeting together. And we went to this little restaurant and we sat down at this window. And he said, all these little children were coming up and they kept begging, they kept begging, they kept begging. They saw us, they saw that we were American and so they knew that we had money and so they were just begging, 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 begging. He said, we got inside and we sat down and we sat in this window and these little kids were knocking on the window and they were crying and they were doing their hands, please, mister, please, mister, please, mister. And he said, the waiter came over, rushed over real fast and took the shade and just pulled the shade down and said, never mind about that. How can I help you? And he said, he just started crying like, you know, like I'm starting to now. He's like, that's what we do, you know? It's just, we, we see a need, we know what's out there, and we just pull the shade down. We just, we turn our head as if that means that we don't have to do anything about it. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a, at a foster care, a Fostering Through Faith at FFN is doing meeting. And there was a lady named Hannah that she was speaking and she said, let me just give you something that you can share with your whole church. And so she was just sharing this with this church. And she's a foster mom and, and loves it. Her heart just runs after everything. It's just this, this stranger you invited me in. It, 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 she said, that's exactly who we want to be. And she said, but what if your whole church was out you know, at the Gulf? You're just out at the beach and you're just having a big day. You're having a picnic out at the beach and you're throwing frisbee and flying kites and eating and having fun and somebody screams, they're drowning! And you look and you see some children drowning. What are you going to do? She said, would we not all rush down into the water to rescue those children? She said, I'm telling you, in this city... Our children are drowning and there's no place for them. And you can't tell me as a church, well, that's not our calling. That's just not what we do when people are hurting. I know that may be a little guilt-driven as a story, but I think what, what Jesus is trying to get us to see in this very simple message is that there are people who are hurting and I'm watching you. And the way that you respond to other people is parallel to how you can expect I'm going to respond to you. And so just three very quick points out of this passage of Scripture. that, And you can write them on your outline if you want. But the first one is go and serve in the simple things. I mean, when, you, when you're reading this passage... Verses 35 and 36, none of this is too difficult, right? I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. You know, or I was in prison or I was sick. You saw me in the hospital. You, can't, you took time to come and, and meet with me in my greatest time of need. And, and so none of, it, none of it's too difficult. Any of us can do that, right? Any of us can do that. 
And he really is dividing it out. He's like, I'm not, I'm not asking you, does your church do it? I'm not asking you, does your community do it? I'm not asking you if manna pantry does it. I'm asking, do you, do you see a need? And is there something in your heart that does it? Will you run after that? And this stranger and you invited me in. I just, that's why I love our lift ministry. Because we're saying to these children, I did not know you before today. But if it's okay with you, I want to love you into my family. I want you to be family with us. It's just, it is so beautiful. God rewards all of that. But this is very simple. It's just very simple. And what is, what is God compelling us to do? Number two, serving should be uncalculating. The unique thing about the story I wrote in verse 44, then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't take care of you? In other words, Lord, if we'd have known that was you, we'd have done something. He's like, well, that's very calculating. I mean, if you know that you're, you're only going to get involved when you know it's going to benefit you. Oh, if you'd have known it was me, you would have gotten involved. But since you didn't know them, you gave yourself permission to do nothing. So it's very uncalculated. Even the people who are like, Lord, when did we see you like that? And we, we, we never saw you in those kind of situations. He was like, yeah, you did. When, when you saw the least of these, my children... When, when you did it for them, you did it to me. It, it was uncalculated. There was just something inside you that made you want to get involved. I love Hebrews 13 verse 2. Because in Hebrews 13, we get this little tidbit where God's like, oh, by the way, show hospitality to everyone. I don't have it on the slide. Hebrews 13, 2. Show hospitality to everyone because you never know. Some people have entertained angels unaware. It's almost like God sends his angels and dresses them up as needy people just to see how we're going to respond, just to give us the opportunity to do something in the name of Jesus for somebody else. And, and it really is like, are you going to just keep going down your routine? Remember the parable? So these travelers going from Jerusalem to Jericho and he falls among thieves and he is beaten up and left for dead. And the priest comes by, sees him, and walks by on the other side of the road. And then the Levite did the same thing. When people in the audience heard it, they chuckled. When that audience in that day heard that, they whispered. <laughs> I said, boy, he's got that right. They always do. That's exactly what they do. And then a Samaritan comes and gets involved, and they're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know that I've ever seen that either. Because they're enemies, these Jews and Samaritans. But Jesus wasn't asking, what do you think the priest should have done? What do you think the Levite should have done? Can you believe what the Samaritan did? Not even the question. The question is, if you'd have been driving by, walking by, if you would have seen, what would you have done? Paul says in Philippians this, when Jesus was sitting next to God as God was on his throne, Jesus didn't think that that was something to be held on to, to be grasped. He saw our need 
And the Bible says he humbled himself, became obedient, took on the form of a man, came into this world as a baby, and through his obedience became obedient even to death on the cross. He gave up his status with God to be your brother. And he didn't just give it up and got it back. Oh, he's glorified in heaven. But what he gave up, he gave up for all time. He is our Messiah. He is our brother. So it's like, wow, what would you do when you see a need? How are you going to get involved? Number three, all help given is to Jesus. All help withheld is withheld from Jesus. Like it's, if you do it for somebody, you're doing it for me. If you do it for anybody, if you don't do it, if you just turn your head and walk on, then you're walking away from me. And really, this, I mean, and he says it in this verse 40 and verse 45, I say to the extent that you did it to the least of these, you did it to me, or if you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it to me or for me. But see, with God, it's like, you really want to help me? Help my children. You want to do something for me? Bless my children. And I've, there, there are people here who are really good friends with my wife and I. And, and if you, you know, if any of my children have, I've got two kids, and, and uh, if they have a need, the fact that some of you run after that and, and really help, it just endears me to you, Right? When you do something for my children, you have the best of my heart. Amen, right? You get it? And it's like, it's like, man, I'm not Taryn and Jesse. I don't have, what's the counting on their kids now? It's, it's a bunch, right? I think they have seven children. Man, you help them out and you put a smile on their face. And that's all God is saying. You really want to help me? Help my children because I'm trying to get them home and they're stuck. And anything you do for them is just another seed planted that moves them closer to heaven. So go plant seeds. Go help people. Be compelled. So now, how's this going to show itself in our small groups? We believe, I believe, that it's one thing for our church to plan all of our small group events and then for you to just sign up and come and be a part of it. It's another thing for you to see the need, be compelled, and move to do something about it. If you've never done that before, we want to push you a little bit to do that. And you'll run after very different things than, than we would have organized. In fact, I think the teenagers, when they all get together, what they'll run after and do will be something very different than the, what the yo pros will do very different than what the wise men will do, very different than what some of the lady prayer groups will do, very different than what the marriage group will do. We'll, because what we'll do is we're like, what do you see? And we'll just begin praying about it. And so if you're following this outline, I want you to first to find a need. Just find a need and, and, and see it. Now this is, I wanted to do something that just says FCC, so find a need. And, uh, and just look around you and just pray about it. Man, I have this lady at work and her house just broke down and they need some clothes and I think that's what we can do. Or this is where we were. This is what I saw. And, and I just want us to pray about it and run after that. And then, 
And then as a small group, you do it. Now, if you're not in a small group, this is going to be a, a reason why you would want to, to participate with a small group. And so if you're like, I don't know that any of those small groups I, I have time or I can just because of my travel schedule or whatever, but I want to participate in, in, the, you know, in this then you let us know. We're going we're gonna to coordinate all of it as all the small groups decide what they're going to do. We want them, number two, to communicate with us and just to call into our office and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Our small group is going to go over here. This is where we're going to And then we're going to say back to you, number three, capture it. So write it down, take pictures, take video, get a spokesman, and just capture what you're doing because on the 26th, we're going to, that Sunday, we're going to come in and we're just going to celebrate how God allowed us to go serve his children in Escambia and Santa Rosa and up in Pace and Milton and all the way to the Alabama line. We're just going to celebrate what God has put on our heart and how we got to go be his hands and feet on that day. So we're communicating with all the small group leaders you're not in a small group, let us know. We can pair you up probably with a small group or just join a small group. Get involved in a small group. And, and all the information is downstairs on the slap wall. And that's our big idea. And this is very different than what we've done before. So we're going to, we had budget money and we used that budget money at the last several years to pull off a serve day. But this year, instead of using the money for us, we're dividing it up into all 19 of our small groups, or 20, and we're going to give each of the small groups a little bit of money, $75 or something like that. Just seed money. Just If you need to buy some supplies, or if you need to buy some food, if you need to buy whatever it is, and we're going to give it to you. You can take that money and multiply it, and then come back and do something bigger, you, but that's, it's up to you. I believe that what God is wanting is us to help you develop your serving spirit and organization and moving into this city. And for me, it's going to be really exciting to see what God puts on your heart and how you get involved in helping people in our community. Does that make sense? Is it a good idea? I don't know either, but we're going to go after it, right? There are going to be some questions. Some of you small group leaders and some of you small groups are going to be like, I don't even know the starting point. How do I get started? We're, we have a safety net under you. You're not going to fail, okay? And if you need a head start, if you need something to do, you can write down Dream Center, Pensacola Dream Center. A couple of ladies who are doing this in our town, they're, not, they're working with all churches and not affiliated with any, but they work with our child sex slave a trade that's going on around in the area, and yes, it is real. They work with homeless. They work with the Mana Food Pantry. They're working through schools. There are schools that you can go and read to children. There's a lot of things. We, we can get you started, but what we really want is for you to pray about it. Have eyes to see. Be compelled. Do something. And let's just see where what new ministry God leads us in. Amen? Man, thank you for your serving heart. Thank you for your spirit. This message of God, I believe, is so clear, and it's personalized. It's like everybody gets to decide, do I participate in that or not? 
And so God bless you for joining our small groups. And uh, it's only going to be for 13 weeks. And then we'll take a couple of weeks off. And then we'll come back in the summer and start new summer groups. I'm just excited. I really believe this is going to be a really good year, a big year for First City. Not talking about are we going to grow in numbers or is our contribution going to go up. I'm saying our impact in the community can really expand. And that's what we really want, right? We really want the, the scandalous grace of Jesus to spill out all over our streets. I'll give you one other prayer request. And I have permission from uh, our chief, chief of police, Tommy Leiter, to mention this to you. But there have been several shootings that have happened in the last few months. In fact, uh, last week during the wise men, and he's a part of our wise men group, he was sitting there and got up and said, I'm sorry, I have to leave. There's another shooting. And he has asked us as a church to put a prayer covering over all of his officers to keep them safe and over this community for all of its citizens to keep them safe. Would you join us in that? Because I want to be able to report back to him. If you'll commit to just praying over all of our officers and over Tommy as he leads them, would you just raise your hand that you'll just commit to doing that for me? Wow, God bless you. Thank you, thank you. And I want us to participate in that. That's a big deal. And that's another just something very simple that we can do to be a blessing in our community. I want to pray for that right now. And here's the, here's the, the big thing I want to pray for. If you have not started your own individual walk with God, why not do it today? If you've never given your heart to God, what's keeping you from it? Are, are you nervous that you won't be perfect? God's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to surrender, to just to give up living life the way you, just to let him lead your life. And then he's asking you to go and just do something simple in his name for the good of someone else. And he says, if you'll do that, I'll bless you. I just, I want to invite you today to become a Christian. Today, open up your life and give yourself to God. And start this new walk with God. Become a Christian today. And if you're already a Christian, let's start living like it, like we're excited about it. Because you are the hope for the world. I just want to pray over all that. And then we're going to go into our time of communion. As soon as my prayer is done, we're going to open up communion. And I know it's because we're getting more crowded in here, it's a little harder to get two of the trays, isn't it? And so we're like standing up and waiting, and sometimes I think that that might be awkward. And we're wrestling through, you know, how are we going to do communion so that it's not quite so awkward? And if you're brand new and never done it, sometimes this is the most awkward time in our whole service. But this is one thing I just want to tell you. All down through history, from the time Jesus, right before he went to the cross, this is the one thing he left that said every time you eat that bread and drink that cup. I am with you. You proclaim that you belong to me and I will be there to support you until we eat and drink this together in my Father's kingdom. This is the place where you meet God. This is the place where Jesus is involved and he just begins to watch and he begins to support and he begins to say, I am with you. You are my people and I am your God and I will support you everywhere you go. And so it's very important to us. Even if it's crowded, even if we're hugging, even if there's talk, even if there's laughter, that's not, that's, that's not the point. The point is, 
this is the moment when you decide, do I want to meet with Jesus and say, I want more of you inside all of me.